We're going way back in time, talking about Electric Light Orchestra and a great track, Don't Bring Me Down. Here we go. H-E-L-O. Oh, ho. Wait, that's not how, that's not how Hello is spelled. <laughs> Terrible. Spelled with two L's. Oh Damn it. <laughs> all right. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'll just leave it all in. I'm Alan. Leave it in. This oh, is the Super yeah. It's podcast. Hello is actually H-E-L-L-O, of course. Thank we're, you for, for letting us know. Yeah, we're talking about Electric Light Orchestra, and we're talking about the track uh, Don't Bring Me Down, which is a great track, and at least in my opinion, but... Uh, Stay tuned for the ratings, yeah, and you'll see what we really think. Uh, yeah, so I'm well, Alan. You're flustered. Yeah, I know. Ugh, I can't. I can't spell. I'm so embarrassed. Anyways, uh, my name is Alan, and I'll be taking you through this one. And uh, who have got with me? Jamie C. Megamix.com.com is my website. I'm excited to talk uh, some yellow. Yeah, let's just get right into this. Do it. All right, Electric Light Orchestra or ELO, and I will refer to them as that for the rest yes. of this uh, cast. Okay. They are an English rock band. They were formed in Birmingham in 1970 after songwriters Jeff Lynne and Roy Wood met and uh, worked with drummer Bev Bevan, which is a great name. That is a great name. After Roy Wood's departure in 1972, Jeff Lynne became the band's sole leader, arranging and producing every album while writing nearly all of the material. For their initial tenure, Lynne, Bevan, and keyboardist Richard Tandy were the group's only consistent members. So ELO were formed out of Lynn's and Wood's desire to create modern rock and pop songs with classical overtones. All right. During the 70s and 80s, they released a string of top 10 albums and singles, including their most commercially successful album, the double LP Out of the Blue. Two, so much prog rock. Uh-huh. Two ELO albums reached the top of the British charts, the disco-inspired Discovery in 1979, and the science fiction-themed concept album Time in 1981. Nerds. Nerds. Uh, so I know that this is a bit of a, an aside, but this is a great story. Okay, yes. In 1988, drummer Bev Bevan approached Jeff Lynne wanting to record another ELO album. Lynn declined to participate, so okay. Bevan signaled that he intended to continue the band without him. Lynn, however, it. objected over the use of the ELO name. Of course the, he did. And the final agreement was reached between the two, which resulted in ELO disbanding and Bevan forming a new band in 1989 called Electric Light Orchestra Part 2. Come on! Amazing. That's terrible. So, Jeff Lynne, aside, of course, from being an ELO, is a prolific record producer. Yes. <clears throat> Notable artists who he worked for include Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and then, of course, George Harrison, Roy Orbison, Tom Petty, and, of course, he was also a member of Traveling Wilburys. Yes. Most recently, he co-produced albums for Regina Spector and Joel Walsh, so he is still very active in producing music. Right on. In 2014, he reformed the band with Richard Tandy as Jeff Lynn's ELO. Well, you know, honestly, why? Amazing. It's all about the money, brother. Damn right. They have sold over 50 million records worldwide, so they're one of the best-selling music groups of all time. They also you know, and kind of like, 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 kind of like sneakily. Yep. I feel. I mean, you know? ELO feels like one of those bands that is very specific to my parents' generation. Yes. And just because like, right, we're we're Gen X, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It And it doesn't feel like this band hit at all with us. No. 
Like, not at all. No. Yeah. Um, the band holds no. the record for having the most Billboard Hot 100 top 40 hits without a number one single. Uh, there are 20 of them. Wow. In 2017, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Good for them. So Discovery is their eighth album. It was released on June 1st, 1979 in the UK by Jet Records, and it topped the charts there for five weeks. And it was released on June 8th in the United States on Jet Records through Columbia Records Distribution. The album was produced by Jeff Lynne. Don't Bring Me Down is the ninth and final track on the LP. And it was the third single to be released from the album coming out on August 24th, 1979 in the UK. Yeah. <clears throat> Jeff Lynne wrote the song late in the sessions for the Discovery album. He came up with the track by looping the drums from a song he recorded earlier in the session. Nice. And then coming up with more music on the piano. The words came last as Lynn put together some lyrics about a girl who thinks she's too good for the guy she's with. Right on. This was the first single by ELO to not include a string section. Oh, okay. So, you know, I guess they were just EL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the song ends with the sound of a door slamming. According to Jeff Lynn, this was a metal fire door at Musicland Studios where the song was recorded. That is a fun fact. Crazy. The song was played to astronauts on the Space sh Shuttle Columbia as their wake-up call on July 6, 1996. Right on. They were in flight longer than expected because of bad weather on the ground. Uh, ELO's record company tried to tie this song in with the Skylab space station. Which, oh, really? Which crashed onto Earth on June 11, 1979 after six years in space. Uh, they placed ads in trade magazines promoting the new single Don't Bring Me Down by dedicating it to Skylab. I love it. Uh, this song appears in the 2006 Doctor Who episode Love and Monsters okay. and in a 2012 episode of Family Guy. Ugh. It's also been used in the following films. I can only imagine Super 8, College Road Trip, The In-Laws, and Donnie Brasco. Okay. In 2020, it was used in a Peloton commercial where a dad tries to stay motivated using the fitness bike. Okay. It was also used in the trailer for the 2017 movie, uh, the Emoji Movie. Oh my God! Uh huh. But and, just a just like a cavalcade of garbage yep. media uh, references here. The professional wrestling tag team of Larry Sweeney and Robbie Ellis used this song as their theme music when they were wrestling in Chikara. Love it. And uh, those are my facts about the song. Do you have anything else? Um, let me check now. All right, lyrics. Do it. <laughs> so this one was pretty easy to pick out uh, my favorite lyrics. I've got two of them. Yes. One of them is, ooh <laughs> <laughs> uh, The other one is, you're looking good, just like a snake in the grass. One of these days, you're going to break your, your glass. Yeah. My God, that is amazing. The second, any, you know what? Listen, anybody can get over with us if they talk about being snakes in the grass or yep. laying in the weeds. Yep. So. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you have any lyrics that you enjoy. Uh, yeah, I really like that one for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, you can't go wrong with, with the made-up uh, gruus. That's yep. always a good thing. Yeah, it's just a sassy little song. I like it. So there is a common misinterpretation of the lyrics which is that following the title line, uh, Lynn shouts, Bruce. Does not. He does not. He says, Gruce. Yes. In the liner notes for the ELO compilation flashback, Lynn has explained that he is singing a made-up word, Gruce. 
Yes. Which some have suggested sound like the German expression, and then there's letters that I don't understand, which means greeting. Lin has explained that originally he did not realize the meaning of the syllable. He just used it as a temporary placekeeper to fill a gap in the lyrics. But upon learning the German meaning, he decided to leave it in. It's like all of Unskinny Bop. That's right. Placeholder. (laughs) After the song's release, so many people had misinterpreted the word Bruce. uh, So Lin actually began to sing it uh, for fun at live shows, I guess. (sighs) That's maddening. Uh Again, whatever. From song facts, as a little joke, Lin put a count in at the beginning of the song, even though there was nobody he was counting in. You can hear this faintly at the very start of the song when the drums are playing. What a trickster. I know. Joker. A <laughs> uh, couple of uh, comments from Song Facts. Oh, come on. Give it to me. Margarita from West Central O mm-hmm. says, well, he's singing to a girl. Her name is Ruth. Oh, come on. Rolling R's. Ruth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Guy from USA says, <laughs> you'll love this one. These guys are good, but they aren't as good as Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Uh, All right. So from song meetings, ELO fan 333. Okay. Yes. The expert. Kick-ass song from ELO is a damn good band. Anyways, the song is about how this girl is fooling around and the guy has heard enough of it. So he says to the girl, don't bring me down with your bullshit. Okay. So there you go. Hey, Uh, not bad. Yeah. Artie says... I've listened to just about every track ELO ever made. My all-time favorite band has brought me countless hours of joy over the years. But this tune, in my opinion, ranks near the bottom. One way I rank songs is by how many times I can listen to them before they they grow tiresome. Did they keep a spreadsheet? (laughs) This one was getting old after the first couple of listens. Oh my god. I love his system. That is fantastic. Then finally, Ginger Baker said, this song was, all caps, huge in 1979 when I was in high school. Does he say Bruce, Bruce, or what? Nobody knows for sure. I mean, we do. We do know for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But my girlfriend has the funniest interpretation of that line. She used to sing it out loud. Don't bring me down, douche. And that interpretation takes the gold medal winky emoji. Oh my god. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, reception. Okay. The song was a top 10 hit all around the world, but appears to have topped the charts in only one country. The UK. Nope. nope. Canada. Yep. Sorry, I was looking at my spreadsheet. Yes. And I got it wrong. It's it hit Canada. It hit number one during the week of October 6th, 1979 and stayed there for one week. Nice. Unfortunately, the RPM uh, edition for that week is missing from the archives. Terrible. So I only have the week before where the song uh, was at number two. Ah, close enough. So here's the top 10 in Canada for the week of October... Uh, to October 13th. I actually took it from the week after it hit number one. Okay. Okay. Bad Case of Loving You by Robert Palmer at number one. Don't Bring Me Down. Number three, Lonesome Loser by the Little River Band. Number four, Robert John with Sad Eyes. Number five, the Charlie Daniels Band with The Devil Went Down to Georgia. 
Uh, number six, The Knack with My Sharona, which we covered way back when on the we Super Eats podcast. Problematic. Uh, <laughs> number seven, Let's Go by the Cars. Yep. Number eight, Lead Me On by Maxim Nightingale. Number nine, this total incel song, Is She Really Going Out With Him by Joe Jackson. Yes. Like, in retrospect, oh, oh my God. Problematic. Yep. For sure. Number 10, your favorite band, Kiss with I Was Made for Loving You. Ugh, disco trash. Yeah. Uh, in this edition, there is an article. Oh, yes. Bring it. Called Heaven Dares to Bear Disco Files, which is about a disco club in Toronto. Mm. that had an evening where people paid $25, which in 1995, or sorry, in 2023 is $95. Wow. uh, To come and party as naked as they wanted. Amazing. And if you didn't believe the story, there are unedited, uncensored photos in the magazine. Really? Yes. Wow, that's not nice. Yep. Schlongs and boobs. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Don't Bring Me Down is the band's second highest charting hit in the UK where it peaked at number three during the week of September 16th, 1979. Your top ten. Number one, Cars by Gary Newman. Nice. Number two, Cliff Richard with We Don't Talk Anymore. Don't don't Bring Me Down at number three. The Bellamy Brothers with If I Said You Had a Beautiful Body, Would You Hold It Against Me? Best title. Uh, number five, a band we've covered on this podcast, Dollar with Love's Got a Hold on Me. Yep. Number six, Crusaders with Street Life. Number seven, B.A. Robinson with Bang Bang. Okay. Number eight, The Police with Message in a Bottle. Nice. Number nine, Randy Van Warmer with Just When I Needed You the Most. And number 10, Roxy Music with Angel Eyes. Uh, that has a great number one. And then, eh. Yeah, there's a few songs in there. But some I don't know. Uh, this was ELO's biggest hit in the United States. It debuted on the Billboard Hot 100 chart during the week of August 4th, 1979 at number 41. Oh, yeah. It was uh, in, with, a, with a bullet. Yeah, it was in between You're Gonna Make Me Love Somebody by the Jones Girls and Born to Be Alive, Alive. <laughs> yes. by Patrick Hernandez. Only six weeks later, it peaked at number four. So it raced up the charts and then stalled. Yep. It uh, peaked at number four the week of September 8th, 1979. It stayed there for two weeks. Here's the top 10 for September 8th, 1979. Uh, We have The Knack with My Sharona. Number two, Good Times. Yes. By Schick. Number three, Earth, Wind, and Fire with After the Love Has Gone. Yellow at number four. Number five, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Number six, Lead Me On. Number seven, Robert John with Sad Eyes. Yep. Number eight, Barbara Streisand with the main event forward slash fight. Oh, God. Number nine, I'll Never Love This Way Again by Dionne Warwick. And yep. number 10, Little River Band with Lonesome Loser. Eh. Yep. Again, uh, no, all these like 70s ones, you know. Yeah. It's really hit or miss with guys, with, with us, because, you know, we know all the big ones, just not really all the underneath stuff. Yeah. We should bring your the dad mid-carters. on. Your dad, your dad can come on to this. He would educate Absolutely. us. Absolutely. My uh, dad came out. He curled for us this weekend. Uh-huh. And we had a get-together because uh, the lounge was closed. So we went to our buddy, our second, like we played. At, he lives on our bay. Yeah. And my dad came. Life of the party, this guy. Oh, of course. Life of the party. They <laughs> like him better than they like me. Hey. Was he wearing a lampshade on his head, though? He was not, but he was, you know, just like right in it. So good for him. Dads. Uh, so again, hit number one in Canada. Elsewhere, though, it was a top 10 hit all around the world. 
Yeah. Number six in Australia, number five in Belgium, five in Germany. I would assume that would be West Germany. Yes. Number six in Ireland, five in the Netherlands, six in New Zealand, nine in South Africa, ten in Spain, number two in Switzerland. So big, big, big hit. Yes. Certified gold in Australia, gold in the United Kingdom, and two times platinum in the United States. Nice. And no awards or any other uh, kind of accolades. So we can go to covers and samples. Right on. So as already noted, the drum track is in fact a tape loop coming from another ELO track called On The Run, which was looped and slowed down. Nice. There are 17 songs which sampled Don't Bring Me Down, listed at whosampled.com. Okay. Few of note, in 2012, The Hives released a song called Go Right Ahead. Though not a direct cover, the main riff is in the song is nearly identical to Don't Bring Me Down, and as a result, Jeff Lynne was credited as a co-writer. Okay. I listened to it, and they were absolutely correct in crediting Jeff Lynne. Okay. <laughs> Probably got themselves out of some legal trouble. For sure. Girl Talk. Yes. <laughs> sampled this in 2008 in a song called Don't Stop. Yep, I know that one. Uh, in 2008, this was uh, sampled in another track called Play Your Part, Part 2 by Girl Talk. Yes. <clears throat> Felix the Housecat. Yes. Sampled this in 2001 on a track called Control Freak with a Q. That's awesome. Jumble, a uh, jumble, Jesus. Jungle Brothers. Jungle Brothers. Sampled this in their 1990 track called Because I Got It Like That. The because first... I Got It Like That is amazing. Yep. I wrote. And, and it's remix. <laughs> On the Fat Boy Slim, Alive uh, 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 at the Boutique is amazing as well. Yep. I said the first 15 seconds of this remix are no buys. Then it gets much, much better. So good. This guy, I'm going to butcher this name, Neil Cicierga. Good enough. Sampled this on a 2017 track called Shit. <laughs> What a great title. It's just a mashup of as many songs from the last 30 years as you could squeeze in. I said, if I did this in my home PC using Audacity, I'd be pretty impressed with myself. Okay, good. As for cover versions, there are quite a few listed, but here are some notable ones. Okay. Uh, Country Stars, Little Big Town, Casey Musgraves, and Midland performed this song on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon to promote the Breakers Tour. I'm sure Jimmy thought it was awesome and the best. (laughs) Yes! <laughs> Everything. Yep. American rock band Blackstone Cherry covered this on their 2020 album, The Human Condition. Uh, OK Go covered this in concert in 2007. I wrote, it's fine. Did they have a like a um, Rube Goldberg machine running at the same time? It did not. Or some kind of gimmick? Or <laughs> No, they were just doing a concert. Were they, were they attached to a wall and, with Velcro? <laughs> nope. OK Go, come on. Status Quo covered this in 2003. I wrote, it's fine. Mm. Jeff Lynne re-recorded the song in his own home studio. It was released on a compilation album with other re-recorded ELO songs called Mr. Blue Sky, the very best of Electric Light Orchestra. I have not listened to it, but I am pretty sure that I am right when I say totally unnecessary. (laughs) Just squeezing blood from the stone, my man. (laughs) All right, the music video. Yes. So yes, a music video was produced. It was, yes. Shows the band performing the song interspersed with various animations mm-hmm. uh, related to the song's subject matter, including big-bottomed marionettes and a pulsating neon frankfurter. Yep. The band's three resident string players are depicted playing keyboards in the music video. Yep. Here are my own notes. 
Yes. So the animations I wrote are okay. Uh-huh. Uh, they have this big booty animation at the start. I yep. don't I don't know why they show the hot dog. No, uh, it makes no sense. Then they have this like game show looking like 70s sign that says don't bring me down and the letters to the beat of the music change to like stars. Yes. Which is pretty great. Uh, the cuts between the singer in time the singers in time to the song are pretty great, especially at the end when they go no 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 no. Mm-hmm. It cuts every yes. time but like out so of sync. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's great. Yep. Uh, the red hue in the room where they're playing is kind of interesting. It looks like they're performing in hell. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the guys who are playing the keyboards appear to be having the time of their lives. Just, they really are. Just fucking around is what I wrote. It's great. They're just pretending to play the song. It's yeah. fantastic. At the end of the video, they have a random animation of the of a UFO flying between two jukeboxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk more about the video or do you just want to rate it? I would like to rate it. All right. The video. Uh, I, I think it's a good video for, like, the late 70s. I like the little effects sprinkled throughout. They're stupid. Uh-huh. But I, I like the glowing hot dogs, and I really like the spaceship. Okay. Um, which is good, because ELO, bunch of ugly dudes. <laughs> so, and I did enjoy the super fast edits, even if they weren't timed. I just found it very saucy. I'm going to go, you know what? Six out of ten for me. Nice. Uh, I am giving it a six as well. Yes. Uh Considering well, and considering the state of uh, music videos at the time, I guess like because they're British, yeah, uh, they're a leg up because they would do those promotional clips, yeah, way more than American artists would, yeah. But still, for a video produced in the seventies, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I don't understand why they had all the animations in there, but they were entertaining enough. Yeah, and I like sure. them. Uh, bands the style having... of them was cool. Like it was very like very uh, retro kind of feel. I liked it. Yeah, and the uh, red hue was a good choice because yeah, the band not very uh, camera friendly. No, not at all. Uh, so yeah, giving it a six. All right, the song. Uh, I like the song. It doesn't wow me like overall. Um, it really depends on my mood, but uh, you know, I think it's a solid track. I I wrote I missed the rising action, but it good it's good it rocks uh, yep. six out of ten. Uh, this I don't think they ever made this into a song for uh, rock band. Mm-hmm. This would have been a top ten in rock band. Oh, and, it would be a lot of fun to play, right? So much fun to drum. The guitars yes. would be fun, and the singing would be off the charts. It would be. Uh, this has always been a song that I've loved. I think that uh, I I I just think it's saucy. It is. Uh, love the chorus, and uh, yeah, and I love it for uh, for a karaoke tune. And I'm going to give it a solid eight out of ten. Right on, buddy. Uh, so that's don't bring me down. What have you got cooking for next time? Oh, we're going to get serious. Oh yes, we are. Right. We're going with uh, Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Oh my! I uh, I believe that this was requested by uh, a friend of the show a while ago, and we did another one of the songs that was requested. But we're going to do Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Uh, it's all about the video, baby. Yeah, and I mean, you've got to be just dying to talk about Pearl Jam because they're your favorite, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good episode. All right. So check out the Super Hits Podcast playlist, both on Spotify or on Apple Music. Hit us up, superhitspodcast at gmail.com. Super Hits Cast on Twitter, Super Hits Podcast on Instagram. You can find me on all those social medias. I'm Slip with Five Eyes or Sleep. I'm Jamie C. Uh, my website is megamix.com.com. Thanks for listening, friends. See ya. See ya.